Welcome to the Quality Improvement Box Set by RCVS Knowledge, a series of webinars, podcasts and video interviews for practices and practitioners. Hi everyone, today I'm going to talk to Laura Playforth. Laura is Professional Standards Director at Vets Now and is on RCVS Knowledge Quality Improvement Advisory Board. Laura, we've all worked in practices where some team members may not be quite as polite as, as they should be at times. I haven't realised in the past how much this can impact on patient safety and outcomes. I think that's something that you're very interested in, isn't it? It is. And actually, there's been a real exponential increase in the published evidence around this, particularly in the human healthcare setting. And the impact of incivility or rudeness uh, can be really, really significant on patient care, as you said, and on outcomes in a number of different ways. What can incivility at work look like? Incivility or rudeness can cover an enormous spectrum of different words that we use, of the way that we say things, and of course, physical gestures as well. So it can be anything from undermining people, sarcasm towards people, talking over the top of them, belittling people, right up to things that are very aggressive and shouting at people, you know, using some very difficult, challenging and upsetting language. So it covers a whole spectrum of things. I guess one of the things that's very important is how do we decide what's rude and what's not rude? Because obviously that is very subjective. And the impact of the rudeness is on the recipient and it's also on the, the witnesses or bystanders. So what actually matters in this context is how they perceive it, not how it was intended. So if somebody perceives something as rude, that's what has the impact. That's really interesting. I never thought at all about the impact on, on other people. I thought about the impact on the person to whom the um, less than polite conversation was directed but I hadn't thought about the impact on, on other people listening. Yes, and there, there can be a real domino effect as well. And, and what the evidence shows is that the impact on recipients is really, really significant. So when somebody is the recipient of a, a perceived rudeness, that can lead to them having over 60% reduction in their cognitive bandwidth or function and therefore their performance. So that's absolutely huge and what else it does is over 80% of people then spend a lot of time thinking about it analyzing it uh, and worrying about it and of course that as well takes away from them being able to perform their role to the best of their ability and as you said the the impact on the witnesses and bystanders is something which is even less well understood and it can have a knock-on effect on them so that they actually have a 20% decrease in their cognitive function and their performance as well and this is where the domino effect comes in so they've been impacted you know just by witnessing this rudeness but then the evidence shows that they are also then 50% less likely to help other people in the team so you can soon see how that knock-on domino effect impacts the whole team. Oh gosh yes absolutely and Obviously, there's the immediate situation where somebody's just been rude or uncivil. But is there any longer term impact on teams, Laura? There definitely can be. And the evidence shows that there can be an increase in staff sick days if rudeness is 
persistent and part of the culture it makes people much less likely to come into work and maybe more likely to be absent from work because of stress or an impact on their mental health and there's definite evidence that it increases staff turnover which is obviously a huge worry for everybody and if we start to lose staff from the team it, they're very difficult to replace and the impact of that on the team as we all know is is very significant and again if it's a persistent culture there's a lot of evidence that it increases errors particularly within surgery but the error rate goes up and so patient safety is definitely compromised and it also decreases attention and helpfulness within the team and again this is to do with the worrying about what's just happened and people's attention is therefore diverted away from what they're doing and I think a good example of this that I heard which I think we can probably all relate to is when somebody said something to you and you spend a bit of time thinking, oh, what, what did they mean? And then maybe a bit of time getting a bit upset or perhaps a bit angry about it. And then sometime later, you might be eating your dinner or you might be getting ready for bed. And all of a sudden you'll think, oh, I know what I should have said in that situation. I know how I should have addressed that now. I can see it so clearly now. Why, why couldn't I see that at the time? And this is because of that reduction in your cognitive ability. And at that point, when you think of your perfect response or your perfect challenge is actually the moment that your cognitive function came back to where it should have been. So it just goes to show what a long period of time it can affect you for. The longer you think about it, the more it impacts on your attention and therefore your ability to, to do your job. That's really interesting. I mean, that I can definitely relate to that. You know, so often you think, oh, yeah, that's what I should have done. But as you say, it can be. When you're driving back home from the practice, something like that, not not immediately after something's happened. So, uh, no, I think it's all really interesting and really relevant to our everyday work in, in veterinary practice. What if clients actually listen to what's going here, what's going on? Does it have an effect on them? Yes, it, it has a significant impact on them. And again, there's a lot of evidence around that. And when we talk about the domino effect from the team, it actually shows that 25% of people impacted by incivility actually take it out on service users. So how we've been treated or how we've treated other people makes us much more likely to treat the next person in the same way. So that in itself has a, a really detrimental impact on service users directly. And it shows that they then have 75% less enthusiasm for the service. So it's easy to see how that manifests itself in terms of complaints, in terms of poor ratings, which are you know, very important for businesses and losing clients. And this in itself can impact on the quality of care provided to patients because it impacts that trust, the bond of trust between the practice team and the clients. And when that trust is reduced or lost, then clients are much less likely to take up our treatment recommendations or diagnostic recommendations. And also their concordance with follow-up care that you advise at home is greatly reduced. And that will obviously have an impact on, on the care of the patient going forwards. Yeah. When clients lose confidence, confidence in a practice, then the whole thing just goes wrong, doesn't it? From there on, there's just so much more likely to be complaints. So in a practice, if you're feeling that this might be happening, what, what can a practice do to try and improve civility amongst its team members? 
I mean, I think that's a really good question. And the, the wonderful thing about this is it does, because the impact is so significant, if we make changes, we can also have a huge improvement in the way that the team work and the way that the team speak to each other and therefore the, the team collaboration and the impact that that has on care. And there's, a, again, a huge amount of evidence on the positive side, which is great, that actually treating each other with compassion increases the feelings of happiness within the team, but it also increases their perception of their own individual competence and autonomy and the competence and autonomy of the team. And it's really strongly linked into job satisfaction and life satisfaction. You know, if we can be more polite to each other and, and treat each other compassionately, it makes everybody's job much more satisfying and it results in much more highly functioning teams, which is very satisfying in itself, isn't it? If you know you're working in a team that's performing really well and delivering great care, that in itself is very inspiring. And I think it can start with saying please and thank you. It can start with setting a good example and role modelling, good behaviour. And anyone can do that within a practice. You know, anyone can lead that change. And it's also important that teams feel safe and comfortable, that we can create an environment for everyone to feel safe to challenge people and call them out if they are displaying behaviours that are rude and uncivil. And I think talking about the evidence around civility can be a really good starting point for that, because when you recognise that something that you've said that somebody's taken as rude can reduce their performance and their ability to think through what they're trying to do by 60%, it just shows that it's, you know, it's not just about be civil to each other because it's nice it's about be civil to each other because otherwise you are damaging the team and you're damaging the care of your patients that's um, really interesting it's made me think I was a practice standards assessor for a long time so I've been into hundreds of practices um we always say as practice standards assessors that we can make a decision in the first few minutes about what the practice is like and it's not based on shiny kit or, or how high the skirting boards are. It's based on how people talk to each other. So I think that very much chimes with what you're saying. And, and it's a really important part of practice culture, isn't it? So would you um, just talk generally then, rather than calling out a behaviour, would you talk generally to the team, first of all, about the importance of all this? I think that's a really good starting point so that people can recognize the importance of doing things differently i think we're very scientifically based and we like to look at the evidence and we like to look at the impact and once we understand that it's a really strong driver and a really strong motivator for the team to make changes and recognize how important it is and when we're thinking about the impact on the quality of care like i said that's in a lot of different ways and there's actual evidence that it directly impacts things like wound complications mm -hmm. and that surgeons that display rude behaviors their wound complication rates in human healthcare are significantly higher there's a 2016 study that that shows that very very clearly and again this is around how the team collaborate and communicate with each other if somebody is rude to you then you're much less likely to be able to do your part of the the teamwork effectively and even things like um we've talked about in, in other situations like checklists if uh, you know people are not going to feel as capable of speaking up if, if they feel like something's going wrong during a procedure or, or use a checklist surgical checklist if they feel that somebody is going to be um rude to them and or ignore what they're going to what they say 
Yes, definitely. And I think it's common sense, isn't it, to think that people, they just won't be as likely to raise things and speak up if they feel that that's not going to be received in the spirit in which it was intended. There's a lot of value in the team all being able to speak up because they will have a different perspective from the surgeon or the nurse. Everybody involved in a procedure will have a different perspective and some people will see something that nobody else has seen. And if they don't feel comfortable speaking up because they're going to get um, a rude response, then they may never speak up and that error will just happen. So it's really important. And really important for it to involve the whole team, not just the hierarchy, if you like, but the whole team. The evidence you're talking about, is that mostly from human healthcare? It's mainly in human healthcare, the evidence that that I've seen. But it's really incredible how it has exploded in the last couple of years um, if you did a literature search for um, you know two three four years ago and um, there were a very small number of paper now there are a couple of thousand different papers um, and really good quality research coming to a lot of very similar conclusions. So what would your final thoughts be then Laura for people in practice how do you think they should take this to heart? I think one of the things that struck me was this domino effect and the effect that it has on the team. And actually listening to some of the speakers on the Civility Saves Lives website, which I would really recommend to people, said that for competent teams, what the published evidence demonstrates is that the single most important factor determining the outcome of the team, so the outcome of the care for the patient, is how people treat each other. And that really stuck with me, the single most important thing. So even if we're technically great, if these things are happening, it's going to have an impact on on outcomes. Yeah, assuming everyone's good at their job, which, you know, 99.9% of us are perfectly competent. Assuming that that's the case, then that is the single most important factor in terms of the outcome of our patients. And you said Civility Saves Lives website. Would that be the main resource you'd recommend to people? I would really recommend that resource. It's a fantastic website and it's got all the published evidence listed on there. It's got quite a few different videos and podcasts that just discuss it in a bit more detail and give some really good stories of of how this has impacted in human healthcare. And it's also got some really good infographics that have just got some of these statistics really nicely summarised. And so I think that is a good starting point for teams in terms of, of having discussions Um, And I think one of the other things that I found on that website is actually, even though the impact is hugely significant on people's ability to function once rudeness has occurred, actually people themselves don't recognise it. And there are some studies on that as well. So again, that adds to the danger around the impact is people are getting on with their role and don't realise that they're actually significantly impaired to how they would normally be able to work. And I suppose that can happen quite often in emergency scenarios where everybody's concentrating on the job in hand and maybe a bit less likely to be saying please and thank you. It certainly can do. It depends on the nature of the emergency, I suppose, as well, doesn't it? I mean, some things are a lot more urgent than others. Some things are incredibly time critical. And actually, those are pretty rare. The rest of the time, if we make it a habit, then we will do it automatically. But I think it's important if something has been very pressured or time critical or actually if you've just made a mistake and said something that you shouldn't have or your tone hasn't been appropriate it's really good to speak to the people involved afterwards and acknowledge what's happened and acknowledge where you could have done things differently or you could have done things better 
and thank the team for what they've done. And that can go a long way to repairing some of these things. It's good to to draw a line under things and not leave things in a in a situation where people might go away upset and unhappy. And I suppose by the team having discussed this, people are more likely to tell you if they're upset or unhappy about something that's happened because it's been discussed in an open way at at a team meeting. Yeah, you would hope so. And I think it's something that you can keep revisiting as a team it's not going to be a a one discussion is the magic bullet that that sorts everything out everything to do with communication is an ongoing conversation isn't it it is and this has been a great conversation Laura I feel like I know a lot more about this now so thank you very much for your time thank you for further courses examples and templates for quality improvement please visit our quality improvement pages on our website at rcvsknowledge.org.